want you to welcome my brother-in-law, Kevin Eakin, today. Come on, y'all. Come on, Kevin. Bring that word, brother. You think he can see me? No, okay. It's awkward getting introduced sometimes, especially when he lets you see it beforehand. I don't even know if any of the stuff he said was true, except for I got a, I got a sister, so... I am from a Baptist background, and um, first time I ever was asked to pray at the Ragsdale household. See, any, any Baptists here? Okay, former or not sure what you are now. I was asked to pray at the Ragsdale house, so I, I started to pray. God, thank you for the... Instantly, everybody's talking. So I thought maybe they didn't ask me to pray. I thought, oh, just... Looking around, and then they started looking at me. I didn't know that everybody prayed when somebody was asked to pray. So it's been a shock trying to figure out. Cheyenne will ask me to pray for somebody, and I'm trying to pray, and I can hear her praying. And it's just a, it's a, it's a whole mindset shift that I'm walking through right now. So this morning as Papa was praying, Boots was yelling at Papa, but she was praying. So I was confused there. So if anybody else is confused, I'm with you. Don't worry. Everything's going to be just fine. Cheyenne prays the whole time. She's out there probably praying right now. So, <laughs> goodness gracious. I am honored to be here. Um, I know I have a word from God because two nights before Pastor John asked if I would do this, God woke me up at 4.30 in the morning. And I don't ever wake up at 4.30 in the morning. God woke me up and I started writing notes on my phone with the one eye. You know how you can only do it with one eye? And literally, I knew what God had laid on my heart. For you this morning. And I know somebody's going to get something this morning because if God's doing something for me, he's doing something for you. I can promise you right now. I'm going to get some of the background out of the way real quick. I did marry John's sister, who's not even in here. She loves me that much. Um, I did play professional football. Um, I don't know that anybody told me I wasn't smart enough except for Pastor John. But I was told you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not fast enough, your hand's not big enough. And all that did was encourage me to work harder. So if there's somebody out there right now, that's it, that somebody says, hey, I don't know if you can do that, you're not talented enough, but you know God's put that in you, then do it, okay? That's the persistence message for this morning. Done, right there. If God said it, it doesn't matter. Two nights ago, I was praying with my son, and he's been having some fear with his dreams. And so I said, baby... We are victorious. He's seven. So he just looked at me. I said, baby, we've already won. He said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And so I got to explain to him that we are playing on a winning team. We have already won. All we've got to do is walk in the victory. So this morning, I want to encourage somebody before we dive into the word that we've already won. And it's truly not about your career or what platform you think it's supposed to be. It is about him working through you, but you got to be prepared. Prepare that field for when it rains. If you guys would stand up, I'm going to read a few scriptures uh, real quick. Uh, Justin, if you could put it up on the screen. I'd like for us all to read it together, mainly because that's what they did at my old church. And then I saw T.D. Jakes do it, and it worked for him. So I thought maybe, maybe we could do that. Let's read this together. It's right up on the screen. He said to them, believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. 
Father God, we come before you this morning. I just pray that you would speak through me, God, not my words, but yours. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this place, God, tear down walls, Break chains off of people right now, Father. I pray the enemy would be silenced in the name of Jesus, Father. And I pray that people would hear your voice this morning, God. Your voice. Lord, I pray that all distractions would be set aside. And God, we come before you and we worship you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated again. I may have you stand up again. That was really cool. I don't think TD did it, though. So maybe that would be like me doing it. I'm going to get this out of the way real quick. I did play professional football for eight years, uh, played quarterback. I know some of you are probably thinking you weren't big enough. I'm not big enough. I was always the smallest guy on every team I played for, which is strange. I know some of you looking at me with the skinny jeans, Brian, how you doing? <laughs> but truly was, was small and was kind of set to the side. You're not big enough, fast enough, tall enough, strong enough. You name it. That's what they told me. I thought, good, I'm going to work harder, and I did it. Uh, I was so good that I played on like a million different teams in a million different leagues. I was that good to get traded and cut and released all the time. Um, I also worked with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Anybody familiar with that? I traveled the state of Alabama preaching God's word, which was awesome. It was great. And I want to share one story. And the reason I'm going to share this is because I want you to know this is not about me truly. Um, I was speaking at a middle school, about 400 kids. They're all in the gym. And, I mean, if you've been around middle school kids, you know that not one kid was listening. So I started telling them I played in the NFL. And all of a sudden, everybody perks up and everybody starts moving closer. And so I I continued to share the gospel with them. And I told them, I'm in the John Madden video game. Anybody familiar with Madden? So I'm in Madden. That's really cool. I thought it was a great thing. So I shared. There's a kid on the front row got freckles everywhere, short shaved head, breakfast all over his shirt. And so I share, I'm like, I'm in Madden. This kid is my best friend. I signed his arm. I signed like his phone. I just signed anything and everything he had. So about a month later, I go back and I'm sharing to the same middle school. And that kid sitting on the front row, just angry, just looked like somebody stole something from him. So after I'm thinking, well, I had, I know I had one listening and that was my best friend. After, I'm like, dude, what's going on? How are you? You look terrible. Well, what's up? He said, well, you said you were in Madden. I was like, yeah, I was. He said, I played with you. You're terrible. (laughs) So he was so disappointed. So, yes, I'm in a video game, and while that is great, I am not very good in the video game. So that's a disclaimer for all you who get on there and think, oh, man, I'm going to play with him. I played with myself and had to take myself out. You know what I mean? That's how you know you're not that good. (laughs) Oh, so all football aside, I love football. I love all different brands of football. But my burden, the thing that makes me go crazy is souls. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. First time when I got saved in seventh grade, I went to school and I started shoving people up against the wall. I was bigger than them then. Started shoving people up against the wall, telling them if they don't accept Jesus, they're going straight to hell. I know that's not the way to do it now. You get in trouble if you do that now. But then that's all I knew. Accept Jesus. That's it. There's nothing else. And then, as all you know, life, life happens. And all of a sudden, that, that hunger for the souls kind of changes just a little bit. Right? Anybody know when life hits you in the face and all of a sudden you almost forget? 
man, that, that homeless person doesn't have anything. But I got to get to where I got to get to, right? I know I'm not alone on that. I've been there several times in my life. But in the last several months, my wife and I and our family, when I just tell you, I, I'm going to tell you revival is breaking out in our home. I don't know about your home, but revival is taking, taking root in our house. And what's amazing about it is Cheyenne had a hunger for the word not too long ago, the word of God. How many has trouble reading God's word? 17 honest people in here. Everybody has trouble reading the word. You know why? I used to get to work. I had this amazing job, and I had all the time in the world to read God's word. But something would come up every time. A phone call, a text, a TV show, the bathroom. I don't know anything and everything. But you forget about the word. It ends up coming last. I have this hunger for God's word that I have not had probably ever. Here's what's, here, but here's the great thing about it is you still have to do something. This morning, we read it, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. When I first started traveling and speaking, that's all I preached. Therefore, go. I never got past that word, therefore, go. I could quote the Great Commission to you in every book of the Bible there, that it's in there, different, uh, different texts, King James, the message, you name it, I could quote it. But I never did it. How many here has trouble going? Going and doing something, getting up and going. Reinhard Bonnke said, anybody know who Reinhard Bonnke is? He is changing my life literally on YouTube. Reinhard Bonnke said, God goes with goers and he does not, go, he does not sit with sitters. I sat for so long, I am so tired of sitting, I am ready to go. I'm ready to go and do something. I'm here to encourage you this morning. There are people in here right now that want to go, that think they're called to go, but they don't know what to do or why they don't go. Or I can, I can give you a million excuses why people don't go. Number one is myself, right? I know I get in my own way at every turn. I like me sometimes, but I get in my own way even when I don't like me. Lazy? Anybody here kind of lazy? I've become very, I had children and just, that was it. It was done. What about not knowing enough of God's words? Anybody been there? I don't know. What if somebody like asked me to quote a scripture that I don't know? You're never going to know every scripture in the Bible by memory. I can promise you. There's a reason people still read the word. I used to think if I could just memorize the Bible, if I could play in the NFL, if I could make $5 million a year, then everybody would look at me. And then they would find Jesus. And I wouldn't even have to go, right? Guess who that happens to? Nobody. Nobody. You guys know who Tim Tebow is? One of the greatest football players to ever play college football? He didn't just have to do nothing. He had to work even harder. Go. We need to go. When I read this scripture, I really felt like Jesus was imploring us, you have got to go. You have got to go until the whole world hears. You have got to go. That's for somebody this morning. And not somebody who's like, oh, so I need to go to Africa. No, you need to get off of your seat. You need to go somewhere where you work, your neighbor, even your own home. You need to go and do something. You can read God's word. You can sit and pray. You can do anything that you want. But if you don't go, what's, what's the good? I'm going to tie this whole thing together at the end. So when I, when I jump to my next point, I'm going to tie it together, I promise you. I'm going to try to. I'm not that smart, but I'm going to try. So the other night, 
I went to get garlic for my wife. I bought it, set it down, went home, blamed my kids and my wife for losing it. And then when I went back to get it, it was still sitting there. On my way back, my wife reminded me, she said, you know, you're not doing this. This isn't by chance that you're going to go back and get garlic. Be purposeful. Look for somebody. So I prayed. Oh, I prayed as hard as I could. I got to the store, and I saw somebody that I recognized, and he was looking around. But then I looked back, and my lights on my car would not go off. They would not go off. So I spent 10 minutes trying to get the lights on my car to go off. Never saw him again. We've got to be purposeful with what we do. Here's the thing. Here's the greatest thing. You don't have to go and hope that you find the right thing. If you get up to go, you're going to be stunned at the things you walk across, the people you come across, the situations, the people that are just right in front of you that you've never seen before. But you get up to go, they're right there. It's easy to stay. oh, once I get up on the stage and get the microphone. This isn't where it happens. It truly is out there. I got to share the gospel in high schools across the state of Alabama. They're a little bit more old school, so they would shut down school, bring everybody into the cafeteria and let you share the gospel. Isn't that incredible? You get arrested for doing that kind of stuff certain places. I've seen stuff take place in the backwoods way deep in the heart of Alabama because people were ready for something. You challenge somebody to get up and go. People are getting up, running to the front. They're ready to go anywhere. And I look at Nashville and I see people that are talking about, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm getting ready to go. I got this on the horizon. But nobody moves. Nobody moves. And I know we all have good intentions and we're all ready to go. What about fear? Does anybody, fear keep anybody from going? I love this. I was reading in Exodus when Moses is fussing at God, right? Isn't that amazing? God does all this stuff and Moses is like, well, I can't talk. I'm not a good speaker. It's like, so, so what? Bring Aaron. So God lets him bring Aaron, tells him to go meet Pharaoh. And y'all, Do you guys know the story I'm talking about? Okay, so Aaron throws his staff down on the ground. It turns into a snake. I got so tickled the other day. I was reading it because I could see Moses being like, snake. And then all Pharaoh's people do the exact same thing. Isn't that us? Look, look, look what my God did. Somebody else shows up, gets in the way. How fast do you think Moses wanted to roll out of there? But what happened? Aaron's snake ate theirs, all of them. I think about, that's me in a nutshell. Oh, God showed up, God showed up. Oh, there's the enemy. Oh, shoot. Just, I'm going to go pray for a little longer, maybe, maybe fast or something. Am I, does anybody else know what I'm talking about on that? I'm going to go, I'm going to go share the gospel with that person. Oh, they're with somebody else. No, no, jeez. Only one person at a time. I used to do that kind of stuff. No, there's more than one person. You can't share the gospel with more than one person. It's not personal anymore. They might start praying and then you'll just not be sure what you're doing. (laughs) The enemy's going to do whatever it takes to bring fear into your life. And guess what? The enemy knows the exact color that you hate. And he knows the exact color that you love. Guess what color you're going to see when you're going to try to do something for God? If we walk in victory, if we decide that God is the only thing that matters, as Pastor John says every week, 
about him and it's about them. If you get up to go, you're walking in the power of the Most High. You don't have to worry about that distraction because there's going to be a distraction. There's going to be a roadblock. There's going to be anything and everything that's going to stop you from doing the thing you're called to do. But we always forget we've got it. We've already won. All we have to do is walk in it. Step into it. Get out of your seat. Go do one thing and watch what God does. The thing that's great about going is you don't have to do anything. I love that. That's my favorite thing is not doing anything. My favorite thing of all time is doing nothing. I'm awesome at it too. I'm persistent. If I want to do something, I'm going to do it. But I want to do nothing. I'm so good at it. I can tune Cheyenne out, right? She just stops talking to me. Like, Kevin, are you going to do anything today? What's that? Really good. My kids will just, Elijah's in the other room screaming. I just don't even hear it. Here's the great thing about doing nothing. God does every bit of it. God does every bit. Aaron didn't do one thing. He just threw it on the ground. Okay, just throw it down. God does every bit of it. So the thing that you're fearful of, the thing you're scared of, never comes up. That blows my mind that God's going to trust me to just go. And that's it. He doesn't ask us to do anything else. The other night at youth, once again, youth, they don't listen. There's like like a mosquito flew by and everybody just stopped listening. John and Kristen were yelling, trying to give gift cards away. So finally I decided the first person that does gets $200. Everybody was like, what? Everybody ran real close to Kristen. They're all leaning in. I'm, I'm, I'll do it. I'll do it. You get their attention real quick, right? I'm not even sure why I went there. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. There was a whole reason behind it. I mean, probably a point. I don't know. The next part of that verse says, go into all the world and preach the good news. How many here considers considers himself a preacher? Do you know who Jesus was talking to? Everybody. He wasn't talking to Pastor John, who, by the way, This is probably the hardest thing that you have to do is do what I'm doing right now behind a man that is amazing at what he does. Am I right? Do you guys feel blessed that you get to sit under him every week? You want to talk about intimidating? He said, I wish I I could be there the first time you're speaking in our church. I said, thank God you're not. Because if you were, I'd have you up here. No sense to preach the good news. In order for you to preach the good news, you've got to know what the good news is. You've got to experience the good news. You've got to live the good news. You don't have to be around my sweet little wife more than five minutes before she's going to lay her hands on you. She's going to proclaim the goodness of God over you. And you're not going to know whether to cry, laugh, hug her. And you probably do all three. But the goodness of God is so strong in her life, that's all she cares about. You know those times you run into a store and you're like, hey, we're going to get in and get right back out? Not with my wife. You never get right back in. So we either go to the store separately because that's a two and a half hour. But it's amazing. She finds somebody at every store that's got an issue, that needs God, that is seeking. You want to talk about purposeful going, preaching the good news? But we've got to know the good news. And not only know the good news, but if you've ever shared the gospel with somebody, Like, I used to share the gospel because I knew it. The Romans Road, that's an old Baptist, 
thing right there, the old Romans road, you walk them through it, right? I used to know it and say it, but it wasn't alive. For all for all have sinned, fall short, fell short, fall short, fell of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's how I used to do it. This is this is how you get saved. Don't you want Jesus? They didn't want Jesus. <laughs> but something happens when God is so real in your life that you're not sharing words. You're not sharing something you memorized to get a patch and a wanna. When the very imprint of God in your heart is what you're sharing with somebody, how can they say no? All you're sharing is what God's doing in your life. Because if he's doing it in your life, he's doing it in somebody else's life. If you get up to go to preach the good news and you walk somewhere and you walk into somebody, I can promise you they're going through similar situation as you are. Promise. And all you have to do is speak of the goodness of God. I love that. Because in and of myself, I have trouble talking normally, just randomly, just even in conversation. I'll stutter. I'll say words that don't fit, you know. Like I'll I'll try to throw a big word in. So you played football? Like, yeah, played a lot of football. Preach the good news. Hey, if you could bring up Acts, uh, Justin, up on the screen. I read this in the New King James Version. I'm going to give you a little background before we read it, but Paul, you guys know Paul, was in prison, and he was promised to speak to kings, governors. He was promised to do that while he's in prison. And I love the New King James Version because to me it sounded like a real person. You know, not just somebody who did something in the Bible. That's amazing. Paul was incredible. But sometimes I can't relate. But I read this. When King Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself, he raised up his hand and he said, I think myself happy. I got so tickled because nobody talks like that. Because in my mind, if that was me, I would have said something like, I think myself, I'm so happy to, I, I'm, I'm supposed to do this. I'm, ex- I'm happy. Let me start over. And to me, that's how I read that. When I read that, that was Paul. Like, he's so excited. He's bursting with energy. He can't even, I, and now I'm not, like, misquoting the Bible here. This is just the scripture by Kevin. So don't go quote this to somebody else. But that's how I read it. I think myself happy. Paul was promised to speak to kings. Guess who he's talking to? He's not talking to the king. He's talking to a king. So he spends all this time in jail. He's ready to talk to the king. And he talks to a king. There's somebody in here right now that God has given them a promise. And that promise is, is, is showing up. And it's not what you look like. You have an opportunity to speak for God. Ah, it's not what it looked like. It's not what I thought it was going to look like. And there's disappointment. And I know there's a whole group of people right now that have this promise from God. But you have not prepared your field for rain. And so all of a sudden, that rain's about to come, and instead of declaring the good news of Jesus Christ, nothing. And you're utterly disappointed. I'm here to tell you right now, I had a long conversation with Brian Carlson, and we talked about different talents. I struggled for a long time, what do I want to do? My grandfather told me I was a pastor. My dad said, go play in the NFL. I've had a lot of people tell me a lot of different things. What do you do? I used to think it'd be so much easier if I had one gift. Okay, this is what I am. I lift, I lift the stage pieces. One thing, I can do that. 
we started talking about the different seasons of your life. God gave you promises. You better get that field ready. You don't make it rain. God does. But when it's your opportunity to preach the good news, to share what God is doing in your life, if you're not ready, it's going to pass you by. I love seeing Paul do that. There was no microphone. I've been reading in Acts how when Stephen, they asked him a simple yes or, yes or no question, and he went through the entire gospel. Chapter, an entire chapter. It's just incredible. I'm thinking, bro, you could have just said no or yes. I mean, but he doesn't. He proclaims the good news of Christ. This morning, this is the call for all of us. This isn't like, oh, there's seven people here that are just, they got the call to preach. We all, this is everybody. That's why I love God's gospel. You don't have to be this certain thing. You don't have to be in a certain spot. You don't have to have a microphone. God is so good. And here's how I'm going to tie everything together. This changed my life, if I can find it. See, this is why why I have notes. If you can't find anything. If you could bring up Justin, uh, Genesis 1, 1 through 3. The working relationship between the Spirit of God and the Word of God. This changed my entire life. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Spirit of God was hovering. The Spirit of God was hovering. Notice the Spirit of God didn't do anything. This changed my entire life. I grew up Baptist. We didn't talk a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. Not sure what I thought he was, but we didn't talk about him much. The Spirit of God was just hovering, doing nothing for who knows how long. And then what happened? Let there be light, and bam, there's light. Changed my entire life. Go, preach the good news. All you've got to do is walk, You speak the word of God and the Holy Spirit comes in and does everything. But if the word of God is not spoken, nothing happens. Nothing happens. The Holy Spirit can't work without the word of God. The Holy Spirit cannot. You you wonder why when you walk and you're trying to walk in power, but you don't activate the power. Without the word of God, you are just a person saying words. But with the Spirit, with the Word of God, the Spirit comes in, and He's just waiting. He's hovering. Right now, there's some people in this room, I can sense it right now, Holy Spirit, that you're just waiting for God to show up and do something. You're just, He's just, the Holy Spirit is here too. He's just waiting. He's just waiting for you to say, thus saith the Lord, and He's going to show up. He's eagerly waiting. You guys want to walk in power? You want to see Miraculous signs. See, when the word of God is spoken, the sick become healed. Right? The blind can see, the deaf can hear, and then the dead are no longer dead. When the word of God is activated, the spirit of God can then do what he wants to do. There's some of y'all right now that have your career in your hand. You're you're not sure which way it's going to go. You have a business. You have a family. 
You don't know if it's going good or bad. You're not sure where it stands. It's in the middle. The Holy Spirit is just hovering, waiting. I want to encourage you this morning. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. It's not enough just to know it. Go. Preach the good news. When you preach the good news, the Holy Spirit shows up and everything changes. And the amazing thing about it, it's not about you. It never, it never comes back to you. It's incredible. Signs and wonders, that stuff terrifies me. Because Baptists never talk about that. Right? But you walk in a miracle, you see a miracle, you see God show up. Then what happens? Then it's part of your testimony. Then you're Paul. I think myself happy. Thus saith the Lord. Those things in front of your life, your career, your business that seem so immovable, speak the word of the Lord and watch them move. And remember, as Pastor John said, it's not on your time. It's on God's time. I was playing arena football in Alabama, and a friend of mine, a really close friend of mine, his brother had been lost for over a week. And he was a, he was a wreck. And so we prayed and prayed and prayed. Well, finally, we got our whole team together in a room, and we prayed. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to say, you need to call your brother right now. He said, my brother's phone has been off for a week. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that I was being pushed to do it. So I said, call your brother. Well, he calls his brother. His brother picks up. Incredible. But they looked at me like, oh, wow. Look at this guy, you know? It wasn't a week later. We're playing a football game. Same team. A guy tears his Achilles tendon. His foot just flapping. He's screaming in pain. So at halftime, I gather the guys around. I'm feeling real strong now. God's, God's going to heal him right now. We just rolled into the locker room. I walked in there like I was the man. We laid our hands on him. We started praying. I swear his screams got louder. Stop, stop, stop. Whatever you're doing, stop. So I thought we really need to press in, right? You know, so we went back at it hard, laying our hands on him, praying as hard as we can. I'm using every scripture. It, doesn't, it had nothing to do with it. I'm just quoting it. God said, let there be light. Just quoting, right? So obviously he never got healed. He never got healed. Matter of fact, he screamed so loud they actually asked us to leave. Can you all just go play again? Go play. The reason I share that with you is it's about God. It's all about God, 100%. So the word of God was spoken. See, I thought it was a formula. I did everything right. I said, by his stripes, we're, you were healed. It was all about me. I mean, I wanted him to be healed, but I think God let me know. I said, go, you went, well done. That's it. There's something about just going. It's not about the number one song. It's not about making a record. It's not about your business making a million dollars. It's not, but it is about going. And if that happens, praise God. And if it doesn't, praise God. It's about his presence. It's about his presence. So this morning, I'm here to encourage you to go. Get off your seat. Every one of you have a, has a platform, somehow, some way. 
You don't need a microphone. You don't need a stage. You don't need to speak well. You don't need to have goofy stories that make you look so foolish. Sometimes those come in very handy, though. But all you have to do is go and preach God's word. In order to preach God's word, it's got to be alive inside of you. Psalm 27, 8, David was reaching for God. He said, my heart says of you to seek your face. So your face, Lord, I will seek. There's something so powerful about that. You know those feelings that you have inside of you when God's there and you're like, I haven't eaten. That's not you haven't eaten. God's turned something up inside of you and you can push it down. You can push that down. But what if you let it go? Thus saith the Lord. There are people right now, I can, I, I, can, I can sense in the spirit, right now there are people, there are people that just are dying to get out of the bondage. It's holding them down right now in this very moment. And they're, and they're thinking about how they can do that. What's a practical way to do that? There isn't. There isn't. There's no way in the natural to get away from it. But God wants to pull that burden right off of you. And all you've got to do is let it go. And how do you activate it? Thus saith the Lord. Elliot, would you come play? Thank you, Lord. I've been studying a ton on the Holy Spirit because I feel like I've neglected it my entire life. And for the first time in my life, I know when the Holy Spirit is present. Now the word says that he's with us always. But I can feel him. And it's such an amazing experience when you get in tune with who God is, what he's called you to do, and then you take a step. Take one step, that's it. Do y'all remember when Pastor John took that huge step, started kicking over mic stands and all that? Take a step. But you gotta get up. And you gotta go. Right now, the Holy Spirit's ready to rip chains off of you. Chains that have bound you for years. Stuff right now that you don't even know is, is hindering you. But you're not sure why you can't hear from God. You're not sure why you're not, you're just not sure. Why don't I see more miracles? Why don't I know more scripture? Why don't I, why don't I? It's not about you. And there's nothing you can do. But the Holy Spirit is here to take that off of you. Whatever that is. Because everybody's got one. You know that one that, that you think nobody knows about? He knows. And he's ready to pluck that right out of your life. But you got to let it go. I had somebody say, how do you let it go? How do you, how do you actually let something go? You give it to him. You offer it to him. Football had a hold on my life for so long, I didn't even know it. And so I said, God, a few months ago, I give you this. I give you this dream. I give you everything about it. I don't know if I'll ever play football again, but let me just tell you, it's like he's giving it back to me. It's like he's giving it back to me. If you guys want the dream that God has for you, give it to him and let him give it back to you. 